Well, it's just me and you, Craig, and um, I was driving back from the in-laws, so I haven't got another drink. Uh, so what are you drinking tonight? So I am drinking Hopped and Confused, Volume 3. Um, and is this uh, in any way a reflection on your week of BMXing, where I think you were hopped and confused and fell off on a corner? I, I, I did fall off on a corner. I, uh, I asked a little too much of my front tire than uh, it was able to give me. And this is not a problem we face in the Zwift world, though, is it? Um, uh, I mean, I, I expect probably Gavin Irons has managed to crash off his bike in Zwift, but uh, most of the rest of us haven't. Uh, Actually, I believe it was uh, Junius Ho uh, that uh, managed to crash in our uh, TTT uh, for uh, Zone 14 last night. So, <laughs> Brilliant work. I've, uh, I've not heard of that one before. I know, I think Brian uh, managed to pedal his bike backwards in the pen and undo one of his pedals but i've not heard of someone crashing it that's a certainly a achievement unlocked there so well done um well, what have we got coming up this week uh, i know what it is it's it's uh, as we were saying beforehand it's bailey at its best it's completely bonkers it is and i don't you know i, I don't want to you know speak ill of him while he's not here to defend himself but james is evil i i'm a huge fan of this this is going to hurt an incredible amount and it's going to be fun so uh yeah i'm a it is one lap of innsbruck ring so it's one one ride up one lap uh one time up the leg snapper and then a sprint to the finish there's no points on the sprint it's all on finish time oh blimey i hadn't realized there's no points on the sprint as well so and this isn't even an ftp test is it because it's too short a lap i think I'm trying to think. I, I've certainly do it sub 20 minutes when I was racing sort of at high C's, low B's. Uh, I think the B's will be doing it sub 20 minutes. I'm not sure what time the D's will do. I can see you, you're looking on the so screen the D, now. Yep. So the D's did it in 14 and a half, or the winning D was 14 and a half earlier, or, and the, the top three looked like they were pretty much together. Uh, the C's were, wow, yeah, the top C's were just over 13 minutes. Um, the top D's were just over 12 and actually the top A's were about the same speed as the B's in just over 12. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what we're expecting the tactics to be here I and mean, it's basically going to be hurt. There is no rest, maybe on the descent of the leg snapper, you briefly um, get some respite, but other than that, it's just going to be. I mean, there is so no prime the hammer. Hammer the nine, I think, on this one. So, on the descent of the leg snapper, if you're at the front and aren't trying to drop the people that you've that are behind you, which you should be, um, no, you can't. You can't rest on the descent. It's uh, only if you are happy with the group you are in and not trying to lose the people behind you, and not trying to catch the people in front of you. Um, I, I don't think there's a rest. So the start's going to be hard. The, the trip through town is going to, before the leg snappers is going to be hard as the big Watts TT type guys try to drop the climbers. Then the leg snapper is going to be insane as everybody tries to drop everybody else or try not to get dropped. I say then the way down and the rest of the way around is going to be hard as people try to keep the gaps that they earned on the uh, on the leg snapper or get or close them and 
then you're at the sprint and some idiot's going to go early. Steve. Yeah. Um, I, I'll sum it. I, this course is, I mean, I remember this from ZRL and various other iterations before. It's such a tough course to start on. So it's about five minutes to the leg snapper. So you're basically doing your five minute power and then immediately trying to do your best one minute power um, on this course. It's just crazy. And in between that, I think the bit that people often forget is about 2K in, there's a, a sort of, you turn right and go over a bridge, I think it is. And it's yep. just enough of a gradient that you start to feel, even with kind of training difficulties, we know that reduces the gradient. It's just enough that you have to bump those watts up slightly. And that starts to hurt. Uh, and then you get to the leg snapper and that is, it's around a minute of just hurting as much as you can. The top never comes quickly enough on this one. Uh, it, it's crazy. You Usually when you go over the top of the leg snapper, you've been dropped or you're desperately trying to cling on to a group. So you're trying to hammer up to, to the group that you've been dropped by and, and, and cling on in that draft. It, the, the descent itself isn't straightforward. There is a little incline on that. So you've got to, everyone will be sprinting when they hit that incline. And then, you, then you're pretty much into the last K. Uh, and that's obviously where I will attack tomorrow um, it, at 1K to go and, uh, and lose in a, go down in a blaze of glory. Um, so what are we thinking bike choice on this one? Obviously Pink Tron uh, or the Orange Tron if you're Dutch. But if you're not lucky enough to have the Tron yet, what are we thinking? Personally, um, I'm going fastest flat bike. I think you could go fast as flat bike. Um, so it's all on, so so much of this is, if you're confident that your one minute power is good enough to stay with the front group up the leg snapper, then you want fastest flat bike for the sprint finish. Um, if not, then you want your best all round, you want a good all rounder, not, so, I mean, a climbing bike would be ridiculous because you'll be working extra hard before the leg snapper. But um, yeah, you'd want to, if you're not confident in your ability to get to the top or that you think you'll need a little bit extra, that might make the difference between being on somebody's wheel and being five meters back. Yeah, it's uh, really tough, isn't it? For, for me, it's the, I'm looking at the simple maths or math, as you folk would say, of the, of the percentage of what's climbing. So we've only really got a few hundred meters of road that's uphill on this of a 9k race which is the leg snapper you've got a minute out of about 13 14 minutes of a race which is a climb like i say it, it is going to be if my slightly better climbing bike allows me to be five meters further up the road because i really like i think the the climbing best best climbing bike to best flat bike we're probably talking a couple of seconds difference and i not think even you're more than making that one minute um, you're, you're more than you're talking a couple seconds. Time, so. Yeah, you're not talking a couple of seconds. You're talking. The only way it's worth it is if it makes the difference between you being in the draft and being out of the draft at the top. Um, so yeah, there we go. I mean, if if you haven't got the pink tron, I mean, I'm obviously going pink tron um, because I'm lazy and don't like changing my bike more than anything else. Um, I think <coughs> tron is a really good. I mean, the tron's pretty awesome on the flat. And it's a, a, a decent climber, so it's probably probably the best all-round bike you can have for this course. Um, I know we talk a lot about the Vengeance disc wheels. I didn't have that, so I would be looking at kind of what my best flat bike is. I, when I was low level, I loved the Ribble, um, three stars on both, and I put the on um, wheels on, which are the slightly sort of better climbing all-round wheels, all kind of level seven, nine stuff. So. 
yeah, it's just it's just choosing. I, I think you've just got to go best aero on this, and uh, I think the Canyon Air Road is still pretty awesome, isn't it? And that's a, a fairly low low local bike as well. Well, if you if you've not got your Tron yet. Yeah, I, I think that's probably your best bet, and but you do want. I would say you want your best aero wheels. You don't need to go to climbing. To, cool. uh, so it, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be done in 13 to 15 minutes. Um, James Bailey, you mad evil genius. Uh, I'm going to both hate this and love this, but uh, it's probably the most I've looked at a race and thought this is flipping awesome uh, for a while. So congrats, James, for doing something new. Um, I'm not going to make the usual joke because I, I know you just list, you have time zones and things like that. So you're just used to days being in the wrong order. Um, what, what is happening uh, in the Herd Racing League the rest of this week, Craig? So as I uh, attempt to fill in for James, um, so after the, uh, the madness of one lap of Innsbruck ring sprint, um, Herd of Mountain Goats takes off with the, uh, an ascent of Ventop. So that is a long time of going uphill and my hats off to those of you that want to do that. Um, then uh, cast Pat for uh, the stampede. So that's an interesting TT route for sure. I remind me cast Pat. That's the one um, where you go over the pity com, isn't it? Uh, that's the one where you go over the Pitycom twice, I think. Do you go up at the start and finish at the top for Caspats, I think? So you, it's not actually Pitycom, it's backwards. So I think you go from the start pens, you go, you start up, then top, but turn at Pitycom and go down, uh, loop around, and then go up again to finish. According to Zwift Insider, it is it is what I'd call the forward route. So you're out of the marina. Um, oh, no, it's a weird backward one, isn't it? So you go out of the marina, um, round to the aqueduct, over the aqueduct, over Pitycom, down, and then back to the marina is Caspat. Yep. Um, oh, I was, I'm completely wrong then. Yeah, so, but it's got the, the main thing is it's a, it's a TT with a climb in it. That was the that was the purpose of that question, Craig, which I think, yes. I think that's cool. It makes TTs more interesting, doesn't it? Because... There's such, there is no advantage in most TT, even this sort of TT, there's no advantage in being on anything but a TT bike. But suddenly in this one, you can play tactics a bit. So you can, there will be time to be gained on that climb. It's a six to eight minute climb, isn't it? The, if you conserve a little bit and then really hammer that, you could make up quite a bit of time on other people who are, who are taking a more even strategy, so we say. So I think it's another cool route. Uh, absolutely and uh, that that yeah it's very much and uh i think uh shane or uh, gp llama uh is uh, has said quite nicely uh yeah go the uh go the hardest when you're going the slowest so exactly so yeah sorry i've interrupted you we've got as far as monday uh what's up next uh tuesday with the series so tuesday with the series we have the tour of truett well so and that's a cool route. That is a cool route. And it's actually one I've never raced. And I obviously will not be able to do the Shiris, but uh, I, I will be planning on uh, doing a broadcast of it. Uh, so in, the, uh, in my early morning. But uh, yeah, so that one is the, uh, yeah, so it's the Yorkshire world. And it's 
all the climby bits without the sprinty bit. Yes, and it does the infamous pop bank wall as well, which is um, an absolute brute. <laughs> There's no other way of saying that. It, it hits some very red percentages um, very quickly. Uh, you just got to suffer. Um, and that's going to be, um, but it's short enough that kind of some of the more powerful riders will just about be able to hang on. So it's uh, for me, it's a real kind of interesting point in that broad broadcast because you're, you're lighter climbers. That's the point you've got to basically drop the sprinter or the, the kind of good all rounder punchy riders from your group. Otherwise, they're probably beating you in the sprint at the end. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's an absolute route that, um, and, uh, yeah, cool, cool route. Looking forward to that broadcast. So that takes us to the bullseye on Wednesday. And on Wednesday bullseye is the other half of the, uh, Harrogate UCI, uh, circuit Dutchy estate eight laps. So that I am, uh, I've done that course and I've done it for both, uh, bullseye and we did that for, uh, HSRL in uh, series three as well. And I love that circuit for points races. It is an absolute hoot. And people are going to start thinking we're, we're basically only nice to James's back. Um, but an, another good, another good route this week, I think. Uh, like I said, it's a really cool one. I think if partly we, we both quite enjoy the punchy ride. So something with a bit of climbing bit of sprinting so it is definitely playing to our biases this week but but this is a particularly cool route um it's it's short but there's a there's enough it, it's the for me it's the the short climb or what what uh zwift inside of course the end of the lap but you so from about two k's in you climb up towards the sprint and i remember in the seas being locked in a battle with oyan over this that i would basically hammer it as much as i could up that climb to be far enough ahead of him that he couldn't catch me when he sprinted in the sprint. And because with bullseye's position and not time, that was a really cool. And so I say it's a great bullseye route because suddenly the climbers can attack to try and get the position. The sprinters can kind of pace themselves knowing that they can sprint back on the flat a bit and, uh, uh, and you have some cool racing there. So another, another cool route uh, and uh, definitely hope to be doing that one this week. Um, so before you say that we're being nice to James, I have to say, I kind of glossed over it, but Ventop is evil, but I mean, honestly, I feel the entire herd of mountain goat series is evil. So that's yeah. I d Vontop isn't so much evil as just dull. Um, I think actually, kind of. So it's half an hour longer for your kind of top seas. So I think I did it in ninety minutes um, plus the little bit before the con. So it's a bit over ninety minutes, averaging about three point four all the way up. So. Um, and that's about what I've averaged doing the Alp as well. And I've done that just under an hour. So it, it's half an hour more, but it's just so dull because it's a straight road most of the way, isn't it? Uh, it's quite nice at the top and you see the, the, the famous uh, tower at the top. But I, I get why Zwift put it in the game, but I think there are climbs that are more interesting that have basically got corners in them that would have been more fun to ride on. But uh, there we go. It's, uh, it's a famous Alpine climb. So I guess I'd say we've had really good races on it. So, you know, thinking back to, I think it was uh, HSRL three when we, uh, when it was the finale of the series, that was a lot of fun because we were all on discord yelling at each other and uh, watching each other go forward and back and 
passing people in different categories and it's, it was it was fun with a lot of people on the road and a lot of message and discord traffic and it being the culmination of the series uh just for a single race yeah i i i'm gonna get dropped by the people in my category that are good at climbing and this this is a chat we've had before and i think it's a a, a challenge james faces is how to keep the rides interesting as the rider numbers drop off a bit there we heard from uh uh, the chap at WTRL last week who was saying that kind of north, northern hemisphere summer tends to be a drop off in Zwift activity as people go outside. I, I've said to you in the past, and I can't remember if I said on the show, kind of where you where Zwift falls down, especially in racing, is something like this where you get dropped early and you see nobody. Um, what I love, James Bailey for me is mad brilliant best, is when he does something that's really short and has many, many laps um because then it's then you kind of like artificially create that i'm always in a group it doesn't matter how bad i'm doing someone's going to lap me i might lap somebody there's always a little bunch going on there's always little battles there's always that kind of feeling of being in a race with somebody um whereas von top can very rapidly become like i'm just going to sit on my my trainer and i might as well put netflix on and suffer watching a film for an hour and a half because there's no point in me watching the screen um but yeah, so that, and then that brings us, anyway, we've gone backwards in time there. We have moved the days of the week around, which is always the objective of this segment. And uh, that would then bring us back to Hudson Racing League on the Friday. So uh, yeah, cool, cool week, other than Von Top, which we've agreed is just long and a straight road. Um, so speaking of cool things, Craig, um, we've kind of been in, a, in this segment I've artificially added in the last few weeks of things we've seen surfing the Facebook page. Um, you wanted to bring up something today. Yeah, so, and I guess I've noticed uh, a lot of people uh, heading out and meeting up with people they've met through the herd in real life and going for a ride. So um, I, I'm I'm going out with a, uh, a bunch of the uh, Ottawa herd here uh, tomorrow morning, so that should be fun. And uh, yeah, I've, I've seen James has gone out with a couple different groups, and uh, I've Dorothy's on some sort of insane uh, herd across America tour. That's and, just bonkers, but yeah. massive kudos to Dorothy for that. That, but that is insane. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, lots of people are doing similar such things, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's terrific. And that's, I, I do genuinely love this. I think um, for me, herd was a very lockdown-based experience at the beginning. Um, I got into Zwift in the April where we'd been in lockdown about four weeks because that's how long it took for my trainers to arrive. Pretty immediately got into the herd and got into the races there. And um, we'd, we'd like to think I've now got a group of friends from around the globe, actually, through doing those races. Um, but actually that uh, have kind of transcended just being in this same group to, to play a video game together. So, um, and I just, uh, I, I love to see it, actually. I love that kind of, We've said before the herd seems to be a kind of nice protected corner of the internet where humans are still nice humans. Um, and actually, it seems like that's still the case uh, when we meet in real life as well, which is always reassuring. So um, I, I, I will reassure people that I'm just as much of an asshole in real life as I am behind the keyboard. So uh, nothing will change. Um, cool. So what uh, things that have annoyed us about the world of Zwift? 
I don't really have anything about Zwift, um, but I have a kind of official apology to make, and I can see it on the top of your list on the whiteboard as well. BMX is really cool. <laughs> I've been watching the BMX, so not live, but I've been watching the highlights of the BMX races at the Olympics, and my God, what a cool event. Um, I, I, I love how fast it is. I love the kind of battles in the races, the competitiveness. I also really enjoy the kind of heat stages. So it's kind of a number of races all happening really quickly. Um, I love that the Dutch guy who somebody decided to walk into, and it was, was it a practice run or one of the early heats? Uh, but the yeah. Dutch guy that somebody decided to walk into won the gold medal um, and his games wasn't ruined by an idiot walking into the road. Um, so yeah, BMX is cool and uh, really, really fast uh, and a fun event to watch. Um, I'm going to throw our, uh, our our virtual wrench at uh, that uh, that guy that stepped in front of uh, Nick Keeman, um, who eventually won the the gold medal with a broken kneecap from that collision. Oh, so just just for so I, I've heard some rumors um, from uh, from from people I I chat with in BMX circles that uh, the guy that stepped onto the track was a uh, from one of the country's uh, UCI delegations. He was their safety officer and had just finished giving, not 30 minutes before, a big blustery speech about how no one goes onto the track when riders are on it. Um, so yeah, uh, dude, that was horrible. And that's... Uh, just the fact that uh, supposedly wasn't he one of the safety representatives as well it's just like oh man but uh there we go i think i think it's probably the the, the daftest thing i've seen and i'm into my formula one since the chap at the canadian grand prix randomly just walked in front of sebastian vessel um so yeah um cool event uh what else is on the whiteboard craig um so uh, I, I guess I had the sprinty races. We've we've talked about the Innsbruck ring, and uh, yeah, that, that that's awesome. But uh, so my own personal BMX, in addition to really enjoying the uh, the Olympic races. Uh, so I had my uh, last night first race at the intermediate level after getting promoted up from novice, and uh, I was quite happy with my performance. I also raced. Uh, my cruiser against the uh, 17 to 20 year old, uh, the 17 to 20 year old experts and inters. And uh, anyway, so I had a, I had a lot of fun and uh, watched them go off in front of me. And I did, I did a really cool time trial in real life uh, on Thursday on, on what's a, the more rolling course of the two that we do our local time trials on. And actually rolling time trials are really fun uh, in real life as well. It's um, yeah, it's uh but they're not massive hills but enough to uh, shake it up it's not a flat out and back so so it really made a difference but um it's interesting what you say about the sprinty races i know we've been very nice to james apart from about one top and i think this is kind of a, a comment criticism feedback that we've laid at his door before is that are the races the wrong way around in a way so now that we are going outside more would would we get more participation if we did more short races now versus the longer races uh, in the winter. I, 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 I know there is a reason James says it this way around. Um, so uh, it, it is something that's thought through, but uh, it, it does sort of strike me as it may be a way to get uh, more participation in the summer, but I don't know. 
Craig is shrugging at the camera. And what's the final bullet point you've got, Craig? So my final bullet point is actually a bit of a kudos to Zwift for all that we give them, uh, we give them stick all the time. Um, so they rolled back the changes they made to the, uh, the rider AI or the group dynamics. Um, so I guess I didn't see a huge difference myself, or I at least found I was able to control it a little bit, but I've spent a lot of time practicing trying to position myself. Uh, I, a lot of people found that the change was, was big and negative. Uh, Zwift listened and rolled it back. And uh, I got to say, that's, uh, that, that's something that you don't see all the time with, uh, with companies when they, they, they roll out an improvement. Like, no, no, this is an improvement. Live with it. Um, so uh, I, I, I will give them credit for that, that, uh, you know, good job on one, leaving themselves a way to do it and two, making the call to do it. Yeah. And I think I can't, I know we've both worked in kind of software and, and things like that. And I, I think you can't emphasize enough that a left themselves a way to do it, but B actually a bit of cutting zip Zwift a bit of slack that it's pretty impossible to kind of beta test every bit of functionality in this with the massive group dynamics in all of the worlds in a way that probably keeps us happy as customers that they're rolling out these updates quickly enough. So we're probably going to have to accept and probably should accept that there's a, an element of things will be deployed in a beta mode and they may not work. And I think kudos to Zip to go and we've deployed this. It hasn't quite worked out. We're reverting to back where it was. I still have the question for Zwift of like, why is what is so broken about the sandbagging, the anti-sandbagging that means that you can't deploy it into the game? Because having, having done some of those crit city races, it seems to work, but it um, may be that, that it's on longer segments or, or something like that, it's broken. So. so I guess I've definitely talked to a lot of people and I think for very light riders and very powerful riders, there are still issues with it. So uh, I, to, to me, I don't think, and I'm also not sure that it's really the way to go. Um, it, it, it's because if you're going to define your category by FTP, why are you disqualifying somebody on one? Mm. Uh, maybe defining your quality, your category for a crit city race on FTP isn't the best way to do it, but that's um, yeah. I, I think I understand why they're not rolling it out completely. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the final solution and I'm not sure it's even better than what we've got right now. Yeah. And it was interesting last week to hear just how few people are actually racing uh, as well within Zwift. So it's not a thing that's massively important to them. As we say, I think it's a bit of a blunt tool. Uh, it, it's a, it's a kludgy fix to a system that's a bit weird anyway. And it looks like the auto cutting system is probably a more elegant fix to the problem, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, I think ultimately I, we've we've seen the article on uh, on Zwift Insider. There's people who who sort of advocate using the Zasada type um, ranking systems, so people move up as they accrue points into more harder races. So that's probably the most elegant solution. So I don't know if that the AutoCAD system means that they're working to something uh, a bit more like that, but uh, we shall see, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't want to uh, 
completely argue with the, the numbers Martin threw out last week, but I will say that those are Zwift's numbers. So Martin's quite right in the number of people that are actively racing. Um, however, that the big number that Zwift always throws out is the number of people that have created an account. Um, I, I will say, you know, for various purposes, I personally have created seven accounts um, and all seven of those accounts count. Um, so that's one where, it, yeah, it, they're not giving the number of people that are actually active on Zwift. They're not even giving the number of people that have actually cycled on Zwift because most of those accounts have only been for camera use. Um, they're, they're giving the number of registrations. And I, I understand that, you know, for business intelligence reasons, they don't want to give out the number of current paid subscribers, but uh, I'm pretty sure that number is much lower than the number of accounts that have been created that they keep, they uh, like to give out. And I wonder how much they actually, and I'm, I'm sure I've said this before, they actually work to the gym club model in that. So when I worked in the gym, we didn't make money from the people that were active members because they were using our equipment. They were sort of, we had to heat the building and kind of they came in and we had to clean up after them. We made our money by the people that signed up in January that committed to a year that paid us the year, maybe came four or five times in January and then we never saw them again because we didn't have to spend anything more on them. So one wonders with Zwift whether they've got the same mentality of like it's, it's for them it's about getting that registration getting that person to join and, and not the repeat business in the same way which seems a bit like a, a pyramid scheme to me but there we go so cool well uh, I think that's everything on the whiteboard uh, my dog is uh, not jumping on me only on me anymore which is progress and have we got anything nasty to say about Becca Kingdom or Sean McAfee as we've been really nice to James apart from bits where we weren't? Um, so the only thing I've got to say is that, uh, yeah, they didn't tell us they weren't coming. Yeah, we, we're, we're <laughs> sad. We miss them both. Uh, and also, but also Boo Becca for being a dirty surfer and Boo Sean for being from dirt. So uh, there we go. To Have a good fair, night, Becca Craig. did say she probably wasn't coming, but. <laughs> Have a good night, Craig. Good night.